Welcome to the White Man Can't Jump podcast. This is your host, John Whited, joined as usual by Andrew Brownlee. How you doing, Brownlee? Good. Well, how are you doing? Good. A little disappointed after watching that game seven between the Celtics and Bucks, um, which ended up being a hundred nine to eighty one victory for the Celtics on their home court, um, which was a disappointing end to an otherwise great series. Um, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, uh, we had a bunch of close games, and then you know, we finally got to the, the game seven for all the marbles, marbles, and it fell flat. I think obviously the biggest you know tail of the game was three point shooting. Um, so the Bucks made four threes or something like that. Yeah, I think it was the, the Celtics were twenty two to fifty five, forty percent, and the Bucks were four thirty three for twelve percent. So you're not going to win. Um, too many games and that going on, or even come close, actually. No, not at all. Um, and then the secondary storyline that really just goes along first is that uh, the Celtics got great play out of their secondary players, and the Bucks got nothing out of their top guys, or outside of their top guys. Yeah, that's something Jalen Rose always says is... Uh, especially in big games, the bigger the game, the more he, I think he believes in this theory is that the role players on the home team will contribute a lot more than the road team. And that was certainly the case tonight. I mean, obviously, you know, you can call this the Grant Williams game, a career high in, in the playoffs or the regular season, for that matter, uh, 27 points, uh, 7 of 18 threes. I don't, I don't know if that's a playoff record. That has to be pretty close to most three-point attempts in one game in the playoffs. Um, definitely by someone not named Steph Curry. <laughs> um, it got you know. They also got uh nineteen from Jalen Brown, so you know twenty three from Jason Tatum. He you know not only scored twenty three points, but he also had eight assists and was is really making some plays out there for him. Um, a lot of his assists also led to threes, which, you know, honestly, more than half of their baskets were three. They had 22 threes on 37 total makes. Um, so only 15 twos to 22 threes made. So more than half their attempts um, were from three as well, like over 60%. So they're heavily relying on three, and, you know, that can, that can you know, be a reason for a big um, difference in the score like this. Um, so, unfortunately, we didn't get what we were hoping to see, but we did get some great performances. Um, you know, Giannis and Tatum, you know, looked like in the first half it was going to be just like the rest of the series. Uh, they both went for 17 in the first half. Um, Giannis had 17, 12, and 7. In the first half, that's the first time that's been done in the playoffs in 25 years and any half. So, um, you know, Giannis had a disappointing second half. He ended up with 25, 20 boards and nine assists, um, and that's a disappointing game. <laughs> that that's, uh, tells you the standards that we have for him and the standards that I think he holds himself up to even more higher than we probably do as well. So, um, you know, I, I think. It was just a great series, a hard-fought series, um, and I think the best team won. I think 
the Celtics really had a couple of those games stolen from them. They they could have won six of these games. Um, they won four of them. Um, so I think the right team won in the end. Um, I just wish we had gotten a better conclusion. I think these are two of the three best teams. Um, I, I think that Suns have been playing very well, but are capable of winning the championship as well. Like I don't think it necessarily means. I think the Celtics should probably be the favorites to win the championship, um, but I don't think that necessarily means like um, it's a given that they're going to. Um, I, I think both series will be tough. Right? I think the Heat series is going to be under. We can get to that in a little bit, but I think that's going to be an underrated series them on how tough that's going to be. Uh, no one's really respecting the number one seed. And uh, I think uh, think you'll see another series kind of like you saw here, just defensive struggle um, and just an all-out battle, physical series. So looking forward to that. see what they do in the in the offseason I don't know all their contract situations but you know they'll need to make a move similar to like the move they made for Bobby Porters two years ago um, to to have a role player that can contribute on a consistent basis for them because that's that's what you saw tonight is they don't have any role players they can count on outside of you know really him um, you know Connaughton is is up and down um, Grace Nowen looked like he didn't belong in the game at all um, so, you know, I, I, you know, and then you, you kind of saw the limitations that, um, Drew Holiday had as, as a, as a playmaker and creator when, I mean, he's obviously going up against, you know, the best defense in the league and one of the best in the, in recent history. Um, but, you know, he, he really struggled this series shooting the ball. He ended up 9-21 today. Um, you know, 21 points on 21 shots isn't exactly efficient. Um, so, you know, I, I it, it would have definitely been different with Middleton. Middleton would have been taking a lot of those shots that Holiday was forced to take. Um, but he wasn't there. Injuries happened in the playoffs. Um, you know, the Bucks, Bucks had a good run after, you know, trying to defend their title. Um, you know, they, they have their they should hang their heads high after this. Um, I, I think... I think, you know, you're talking about looking forward. I mean, what I would be concerned on is the fact that I'd be honest um, for the foreseeable future 
and he wants to play here for as long as, you know, we keep him happy, essentially. So, you know, I, I think that's that's all you really need right now to really get excited about, you know, your title hopes and everything like that. But, yeah, to to make, you know, make your roster a little more flexible and, you know, also a little more malleable, I think, uh, I think it goes a long ways in the playoffs. And, you know, speaking, you know, just, just want to gush out on Giannis a little bit here and just give him some uh, – Give him some praise. You know, he, had, he was first ever to average 40, 10, and 5 over four games in the playoffs. 40, 15.3, and 5.5 and assists. He averaged 33.9 points per game, 14.7 rebounds per game, and 7.1 assists per game in, in the series. In the playoffs, he was first in total points, rebounds, field goals, field goals attempts, free throws, free throws attempts, defensive win share, defensive rating, third in total blocks, fourth in total seals, and fourth in box plus minus. I mean, can't really ask for anyone to do much more than that. I mean, especially the fact that he, you know, led in field goals, field goals attempted, free throws, and free throws attempted tells you how much of a load he was carrying, especially after Middleton was out, um, and how he was still able to produce, maybe not as efficient as he normally is. He missed some easy ones today that, you know, he just never misses when he gets to the rim like that. Um, it might have been fatigue, which very easily could. Um, I think he ended up playing 43 minutes today and probably sat out the last couple minutes there. So, um, you know, he was probably exhausted. Um, but, you know, I think it's just another, even though they lost this series, this will go down as, you know, a series we remember Giannis when we talk about, you know, him looking back on his career. Um, these last two seasons, really, you know, going into last playoffs, it's crazy how we were talking about can Giannis win in the playoffs because, you know, everyone was able to shut him down by building the wall and playing good defense and staying in front of him, um, which is what the Celtics really did today. Um, they really did it with their primary defender, staying in front of him, keeping him away from the rim, which is really tough to do. Um, but, you know, I, I just... I just, it makes me wonder, you know, I think, I think certain people appreciate him, but I think, uh, I think he's a little underappreciated. I don't think he's underrated, but I, I don't think people realize how great of a player we're seeing right now because the stuff he's doing is just rarely, if ever, been done in the playoffs before and in the regular season, too, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, he really does look and play like a great guy. He's... Yeah, it's yeah. too perfect. He's an absurd, absurd player. Uh, I love watching him play. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I think the the Bucks will still be really good next season. They do have some questions on how they fill out their roster. Uh, you know, Grayson Allen, Wes Matthews, um, putting in twenty points each and totaling four. Or, Putting in 22 minutes, minutes each and totaling four points is just not great coming from your starters. So no, no. We'll but, have to see what they get out of that. And then the you know your leading bench guy's got 32 minutes and also has two points. So uh, it's <laughs> yeah. tough. You know, Giannis Lopez and Holiday had you know. 
25, 15, and 21, respectively, and Portis was the only other one in double figures with 10. No one had more than three. So, um, yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's not going to get it done, obviously. So, um, congratulations to the Celtics. They, they are in this. They deserve, like I said, they deserve to win the series. Could have won a couple extra games. Um, have Milton out, you know, played a factor, but you so saw how tough of a series it was for them to, you know, overcome the Bucks defense really. Um, and Giannis, Giannis's attack. So, um, hats off to the Celtics and, um, we'll see them, um, talk a little bit later about the matchup with the heat. So let's move on to the, the game coming up here shortly. Um, game seven tonight between the Suns and the Mavs, um, eight o'clock Eastern time. Um, won't touch on this too much because uh, the game's not too far away here. This content might be a little stale, but um, just want to touch on you know a couple of stars. CP3 um, has not been playing like the point guy the last four games. He's averaging 9.3 points per game on 6.3 assist point game, four and a half turnovers a game, and just two free throw attempts over those four games. He's got 18 turnovers and 14 made field goals during that stretch, uh, which is, you know, this probably one of the worst stretches he's had in the playoffs, um, despite um, a lot of people giving him a bad rap until last year of being a choker in the playoffs. He's actually performed really well. He just had a couple big high-profile moments that have gone wrong. Um I, I got to think he rebounds tonight. I mean, I, I thought so last game, too. Um, well, what are your thoughts on CP3? What have you seen from him? What do you think can change? Or if anything other than he just needs to perform better? Yeah, um, I've seen some people purely speculative, saying, like, are we going to get some, like, the Suns bow out tonight, are we going to find out tomorrow that CP3, you know, tweaked something um and he's been injured but yeah, he has just not looked good at all the last four games after it seemed like the suns were just gonna take this series and run away with it uh, initially so um you certainly hope that uh they are um hope that he is okay and that We'll get a great game tonight again, uh, and hopefully a, a better game seven tonight than we got earlier today. Uh, but yeah, I have significant concerns that you know he's pers- he's injured or for some other reason he's just not playing up to the standards we would expect from him. Yeah, I mean injury would be a good explanation for it. Uh, I mean, I also want to get some credit to the the Mavs defense. I mean. Penny Smith and um, Reggie Bullock has got the main assignment on CP3. Um, I've really, I think, done a good job on him. Pressured him, made him work the whole whole clock. Um, and so they, they've, they've been part of the problem, too. It hasn't just been all CP3 not performing. you got to give some credit where it's due. Um, the, the Mavs actually have a pretty solid defense to have all season and continue to play that way in the playoffs. Um, and so I, I think, I think CP three bounces back. Um, you know, I, I haven't really seen anything to suggest an injury, um, other than the performance. 
Um, so I'm hoping um, we get to see, um, you know, CP3 that we, we've seen at, at times in this playoffs already, like when he went 14 for 14 to close out the Pelicans. Um, I doubt we'll see that performance again, but um, if we could see some magic in the fourth quarter from him, like we've seen so many times before, it'd be, it would uh, make this game even more special. Um, and who I really think is going to make this game special is Luka Doncic. Um, not necessarily a bold prediction or statement, um, but I just I I bet he has forty plus tonight. Like I don't know what like the line is on Vegas on his over under, but um, I it would surprise me if he didn't have forty points tonight. Um, Luca has always been, you know, he's only in his fourth season, but he's always been, um, one for the moment. Um, he's always ready for the biggest stage. Um, and this is the biggest stage he's ever been on the latest. He's been in the playoffs and the first game seven he's played. So, I mean, for the series, he's averaged 32, 10 and eight, uh, 2.2 steals. He's got a usage of 40.8. For the playoffs, um, Giannis was at 30.9, 38.9. He was second, so he's leading. So, I mean, that's that's why you saw that series or that game when they just ran pick and roll after pick and roll against him. Why he was so tired because he's got a 40.8 usage rate, which would be all time high for a season. So, um, what do you what do you think about Luca tonight? Do you do you see this being the start of Luca magic and Luca legend? Um, and really starting to make a name for himself in the history books? Yeah. Uh, I think mean, he already has started making a name for himself. Um, and That's fair. I, uh, yeah, I, I see him going absolutely insane tonight. Um, you know, he's right behind Jordan in points per game in the playoffs. Obviously, a few less games than Jordan has played. But, oh. um, his over under for points tonight is thirty four and a half, so he's gonna thirty four and a half. Yeah. I think he's gonna eclipse it. Yeah, Giannis was thirty five like, and a half today. I would have, I would have probably taken the over on that too, but didn't yeah. play out that way. I think the uh, Suns defense like isn't bad, but it's not nearly as good as the Celtics. So yeah, I mean, even if the, um, the the Suns have been trying to game plan against Luca by himself the entire time and he's still been able to get his so I think we'll continue to see that tonight yeah um, and you know we just saw in the last game the X Factor a lot of times really that swings NBA games nowadays is the shooting from three and both these teams um, have shot great from three the Mavs at 39% from the series the Suns at forty one percent. So, if one of these teams is hot, um, you know, I think, I think an X factor tonight for me um, could be uh, Dorian Finney Smith. Um, he hit eight threes in a game earlier tonight. I don't expect him to hit eight, but I could see you know three or four. And he's not afraid to make big shots down the stretch of the game when Luca gets doubled and he he's open in the corner. And he's also um, a very underrated defender um, should should have got some consideration for all all defense this year, um, in my mind. And 
and just just an underrated player in general. So I, I could see that Luke is going to need some help other than Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's going to have to play well, but someone else is going to have to step up. Um, looking maybe at Spencer Dinwiddie as well, who's played terrible this series. Um, he had a great start um, to his time with the Dallas Mavericks, but has tailed off. So what do you what do you see the possible X factor being tonight, Brownlee? Yeah, um, I mean, on the Mavs side, I think it's, you got Luka, and I think you just book him having a great game, um, but I do think Brunson will come to play as well. I don't really believe in, uh, like, Dinwiddie no, much at all. I don't think he's going to um, show up. There's, there's a nice little honeymoon period after that trade where he played pretty well, but, um, you know, it just hasn't worked out. I'm just happy to get so out of like, DC. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Mm, yeah. Um, it, I, I mean, I, from a mass perspective, it's really all going to just come down to Luca, and you, know, you hope that Brunson will play well, and Kenny Smith is this utility player, Swiss Army knife that does a lot of things for you, um, and they'll have good games as well to get you the win. Um, but I think the Suns, you got to just hope that CP3 is back to who you expect him to be. Um, I think Booker still played well, even with CP3 not achieving what he needs to. But I don't know that you're going to get anyone else on that team that's going to be able to step up and fill in what CP3 provides to the Suns. So I think that's the biggest X factor is, you know, CP3's mental block or whatever physical ailment they haven't released is whether that gets resolved in time for tonight's game. Yeah. Um, So does that mean you are picking the Suns? Do you believe in CP3 coming back or you don't? I I am thinking we're we are gonna find out that like CP3's got something wrong with him. Okay, so, so you're picking the Mavs. Don't look up. Yep. That's that's a good pick. I I want to go with that pick. You went there. I've said the Suns all season. Um, so I'm gonna stick with the Suns. I think. I think CP3 comes. Um, you know has has his twenty and ten. Booker Booker gets his twenty eight and. Uh, and Luka gets his 42, 11, and 9, but it's just not enough. Um, just, I think, uh, and similar to what we were talking about last game is, you know, the Suns are at home, so I think they have the better role players all around, um, quantity and quality, um, and they're at home, um, feeding off that home crowd, um, you know, could be the difference. So um, I'm going Suns and, and a close one, though. Um, hopefully, we can get a better one than we just got. Um, but either way, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Game Sevens. Just just are different, and uh, and I, I'm really looking forward to CP3 and Lucas' performance tonight. Those that's why we picked those because I think those are the keys to the game. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping we get normal CP3 so we can get uh, a really solid game tonight. Yep. 
So uh, the winner of this series um, will move on to play the Warriors, um, who closed out on, I guess, when did they close out? Was it Friday? Friday night, yeah. Um, taking down the Grizzlies in six games, who put up a great fight, um, even without John Morant, um, managed to beat the Warriors by 39 points without John Morant, um, which, you know, they were able to win the series. John Morant wasn't there. It could have been a completely different series if he was, the way he was dominating anyone on the Warriors' um, backcourt that was trying to cover him. Um, so, you know, my question is, you know, they're here, there's, there's four teams left or there will be four teams left and they'll be one of the last four. Um, so logic tells you that they have a chance to win, but I, th- I feel like they're the worst. They'll be the worst team left. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can make an argument for the Mavs being worse just cause they don't have the championship experience if they, they were to win. But, um, I, I feel like it would, they would have a tough time to win two two series against you know these high quality opponents. What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think it's fair to say that the two remaining East teams are better than the two remaining West teams. Um, and I, I think when we last talked, I had Golden State against Boston in the finals, and I might if the Mavs win tonight. I might still pick that, but I my opinion of Golden State has decreased quite a bit since we had that conversation. Um, they haven't looked superb um, in this Memphis series, and yeah, Draymond in particular has like he does all those small things besides scoring. But at this point, I feel like the not scoring part is kind of getting in the way of. The, uh, yeah, you got to be a threat success. to shoot the ball. Yeah, like he he has to put in some points when he's wide open. Like um, he does do a lot of stuff besides that, but it's uh, becoming a little bit of a problem. I think when he just like cannot score. Yeah. Um... And, you know, they, they had a 4.1 net rating in the playoffs, uh, 110.7 defensive rating, which, you know, compared to their championship years is awfully high. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest difference you see. Like, people are trying to, you know, make comparisons between the death lineup of, you know, or creating this new death lineup, which, you know, has been effective. Um, I think last time we talked, they had some kind of, you know, plus 32 net rating or something like that in limited time. Now, you know, in 70 minutes, it's a net rating of, you know, plus 11, uh, pretty much 117 on offense and 116 on defense, or 106 on defense. So that lineup is surprisingly playing pretty well on defense um, with, you know, several, especially with Clay Thompson being limited on the defensive end nowadays, it seems like. Um, that that's been probably their most used lineup, and um, that's been pretty effective for them. So, um, I just 
they they do have the they can go off and if they hit their threes they'll they'll beat anyone. Um, so they they could definitely win. I think I just I just have even if even if the Mavs win, I just I feel like Luca could take them down um, and would have just as good a shot as he did to beat the Suns. And he's here for Game Seven, so um, yeah, I think it'll be tough. I mean, it's going to be tough no matter what you're playing in the the conference finals. Um, but I, like you said, like I've, I've lost confidence in and in them over the last couple weeks since we last talked. So, um, um, but just think about matchups. You know, you mentioned you would you would keep the pick if they were playing the maps. So you think they they want to play the maps? Because you know the one thing. You know the Suns can play different styles, I guess, but the Mavs want to play small too, just like the Warriors. They might match up better with them. That's the only thing I I can think of. You know the Suns obviously have a little more talent, but is your thought the Suns are the the tougher matchup for the Warriors? I just think that the Suns, at their full capacity, are a better team and the best team in the West. Yeah, um, that's fair. So I yeah I, I do think the Warriors would prefer to compete with the Mavs. Yeah, I mean I, I think I think that's fair too. I, I was just trying to play devil's advocate really. Yeah. Um, I I would I would love I, I really whoever wins this game seven I will be you know I love CP three I love Luca I want both of them to you know make a make a statement in the playoffs so. Whatever happens tonight, I think uh, think we'll get um, an outcome that we want and uh, and a good matchup in the next round. Either way, I think, um, which brings us to the Heat, um, who will be the Celtics' opponent in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the Heat have the number one net rating in the postseason, ten point three. Um, the next closest was the Celtics before today. 4.7, that's probably a little bit closer. <laughs> um, um, Jimmy Bubble Butler, um, you know, has arguably been the playoff MVP, um, averaging 28.7 points, 7.6 boards, 5.4 assists, uh, shooting 53-36-81 splits, um, leading the playoffs in steals at 2.1. First in PER, at 31.2 out of the players remaining. Third in scoring behind Luka and Giannis. First in win shares, offensive win shares, box plus minus offense, and defensive box plus minus as well. So Jimmy Butler is back to where he was two years ago. Um, do you think this team has a chance to get back to where they were or a good shot going up against this tough Celtics defense who um, you know will definitely be the favorite uh, what do you think their odds of of you know pulling off the upset, so to speak? Yeah, I do still think that the Celtics should be favored in this, um, but the Heat did look really good against the Seventy Sixers against what was admittedly a flawed team with their best player and MVP candidate um, extremely injured with you know various body parts barely hanging on but Jimmy looked awesome um, 
And I, I do think one of the big questions is, are we going to get Kyle Lowry at full strength? Because the last time we saw him, he was not playing well at all. Um, and was, you know, probably hurting the Heat more than he was helping them. So I think that might be one of our bigger questions going into the series is how much can um, how much can Kyle Lowry give them? Yeah, no, I, th- I think uh, that's a very fair question. I mean, he did not look anywhere close to healthy. Um, and then, you know, after coming back for a game or two, um, was out for the remainder of the series. So I haven't heard a status on him. Um, but, yes, I mean, I, Jimmy's going to need some help. I mean, Tyler Hero is supposed to be the, you know, he is the second-leading scorer on the team in the regular season. Uh, only averaged, you know, just under 13 points per game last series, um, shooting 39% from the field, 18% from three, and, and still shooting 90 from the line. So he, he still has, still has got a shooting stroke from the line, but um, struggling otherwise. So, yeah, like you said, whether it's Kyle Lowry coming back or Tyler Hero stepping up um, or, you know, the combination of both, um, Jimmy will need some help. I mean, they're going to have some great wing defenders to throw uh, at Jimmy Butler. Um, I think you'll see Grant Williams on him. I think you'll see Jalen Brown on him. I think you'll see Jason Tatum on him at times. Um, you'll probably see Marcus Smart on him. Um, I mean, when you got that many bodies to throw at him, and um, it's it's nice to have, and you got. You know, and then whoever's not covering Tatum, or sorry, not covering Butler, can cover Hero when they're in the game together. So um, they just got plenty of options, um, and the Heat do on the other end too. Um, they they're very switchable with Bam, um, um, being able to come out and cover really anyone, point guard to center. So um, and then they got great perimeter defenders and Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker. Um, Kyle Lowry when he's out there. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a physical series. I think you're going to see a lot of games right around the 100 mark. Um, not too much higher than that. Um, and it's just going to be a dogfight. I, I think the Celtics probably should be favored, and I think I'm going to pick them in, in seven. I, I, I think the Heat are a little under underrated um, right now. Um, they are the one seed for a reason. Um, and I, I don't think they've gotten quite the respect they deserve. That being said, I think the Celtics' defense is is really something special, and I think that will be the difference in the series. Yeah. Um, the Heat were the one seed, but the Celtics were like the, the hot team. Far and away the best team since like the New Year. So. Yeah. It's it's fair to give the Heat a little more praise for their entire regular season length um, performance, but you know, the Celtics more recently, but still over like a long period of time, played really well. So I think you gotta give them some uh, give them some flowers as well. Yeah, I, I agree. If I didn't make that um, clear, but. Um, 
yeah, I, I'm just excited for it. I, I think the coaching matchup um, will be great too. Eric Spolstra is a great, great uh, adjust adjustment maker um, in game in series, um, and Yudoka has since showed to be a good coach in his first season. So um, hasn't hasn't made too many. Uh, mistakes that you might expect from a first-year coach in the big game. So um, I, I think that will be an underrated series um, similar to what we just saw. So um, so do you have, do you have a prediction? I, 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 got, I said uh, Celtics in seven. You, you obviously got the Celtics. What do you, what do you, how many games are you thinking? Yeah, I think I am going to go um, Celtics in six. Yeah, I, I just have a little more faith in the Celtics, I guess. That's and fair. I'm still a little skeptical that we're going to get Kyle Lowry back. Yeah, and the Celtics could. I think the Celtics have a better chance of getting Robert Robert Williams contributing than the Heat do Kyle Lowry. Yep. And I agree. and I think Robert Williams has a bigger impact, anyways, if he's playing well. With his shot blocking and everything, so um, so like I said, looking forward to that series. Um, just kind of looking back on the playoffs so far, we're pretty much done with two rounds here. Um, you know, who's your who's your playoff MVP? I mean, we got a few candidates who kind of talked about all of them: Giannis, Luca, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum. Um, I think are really your only candidates. Um, I know they don't give out this award. I wish they did for the entire playoffs rather than just just one round, but at a time. But you, you have Giannis at Jeremy P. I imagine, despite the loss. Yeah. I don't yeah, know, I don't know how you loss. how you factor that into this fake award that we just made up, but um, <laughs> but I mean they they are going to have conference MVPs this year or is that next year? Um, conference finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I thought it was this year. Um, the Larry Bird and Magic Johnson trophies. So, um, yeah, and then we can finish up here with just uh, feel a little obligated to talk about the 76ers. Um, it's always dramatic when, you know, you got James Harden involved. Um, and, you know, that's that's really where the drama lies, you know, after. Their dramatic loss, um, just really not showing up for the second half of that um, game six with the Heat, um, and and Harden has a player option, I believe, for forty six million dollars next year. Which the thought was before this that he would decline that and sign another max contract, which would be. Five years, roughly two hundred fifty million dollars. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's pretty close to that. Where he'd be making sixty-two million dollars when he's thirty-eight years old, I think. <laughs> and yeah. so that doesn't seem like an option anymore. I'm sure he thinks it is. Um, I, I mean, the Seventy-Sixers just—they cannot. Yeah, give you, him that no, bag. No, I and I mean. I don't think anyone else is like dying to give them the max they can. They, that's obviously a max that only this, the Sixers can give them the extra year and the extra money. Um, right. So, 
you know, you're not competing against anyone when you're, you know, if you're going to reduce it from that minimum to, you know, what someone else can offer, then you're, then you're starting to compete at that point. And they're not going to be jumping out the door to, you know, offer the max. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, if Harden leaves, you know, which it sounds like he wants to stay, they want him to stay. Um, and, you know, if he leaves, that would be the last piece of the process aside from Joel Embiid. You know, not that Harden was one of the draft picks, but he was, you know, traded for Ben Simmons and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, it would just be, you know, that that's obviously you got a great piece in Embiid, but that's all you had to show for all that tanking and everything like that. So, um, you know, that's a little tough to swallow, I imagine, for Philly fans. Um, you know, between realizing the process probably wasn't worth it the way it turned out. Um, it could have, it could I mean, if they drafted Jason Tatum instead of, um, Marco Fultz and, um, you know, Ben Simmons hadn't had, you know, the mental issues that he had, I think is really the problem then, you know, it could have turned out differently, but it didn't. So, you know, and then, you know, they also said they're going to bring back Doc Rivers. Um, a lot of people were skeptical that they're going to bring him back. Um, what do you, you think that's a smart move or, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's, uh, you want the coach out, but then you look at the, your, your other options and you don't know that you necessarily want any of those either. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that Doc is really a great coach. Um, but I think he's a great regular I mean, I season really, coach. I haven't really looked at this, but I don't know what coaches might become available or who's the next hot name that could be coming up. Is it like Mark Jackson? I've heard he's... Yeah, I've heard Mark Jackson's name. Um, I honestly haven't heard too many other names, which is surprising that... That would be, I mean, obviously, uh, Mike Brown got hired by the Kings. Um, so, yeah, I, I, Mike D'Antoni is a name that's been linked, obviously, with Daryl Morey. Um, but I, I think those are mostly just skeptics, not not any kind of facts um, behind them, especially with what Morey said <laughs> earlier. So, um, you know, if you're not making a change with the coach, you know, Harden's the big, the big piece. But, you know, like... Like Joel Embiid said, he, he's not he's not MVP James Harden who's gonna even shoot the ball twenty times anymore. He refuses to do that, even if the team encourages him to do it. Um, he's a playmaker now, which which he still like has value in the league. It's just you gotta, I think you have to change your view on him drastically um, from where it was say two years ago. Um, that you might not have expected you'd get to this fast. Um, and I think people will have problems adjusting how much they pay them because of that. Um, yeah. So, so I it think... Was, it was pretty tough to um, Joel saying that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, uh, only Joel and B would say that, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, it's not... It's not false. Yeah. 
I mean, if he was if he was making up some bullshit, that would be one thing. But he's speaking the truth. So I mean, I think the next thing you got to look at if you're a Philly fan is you know Tyrese Maxey. You know he showed some really high highs. Um, he had some pretty low lows too, and he had some games where he really didn't show up in the playoffs. You know what what can you expect out of him? How much more? Can you expect him to prove and, and what's his ceiling? You know, if Harden's not going to be the star you traded for, can Maxi be that star and, and Harden be your third wheel? Does, does he have that ceiling in him to be a second best guy on a championship team? Or or is he more of a, a third best guy or, you know, a great, great player off the bench? Um, or, you know, just a spark plug? Um, which it really seems like, you know, now he's going to be starting full time, you know, so probably not off the bench anymore. But um, you get the point. Um, where where do you see um, him going over the next couple of years? Yeah, I I think one thing. I mean, he's really young, so we shouldn't put two. We shouldn't put our predictions in like pen or stone at this point. No. But, um, he's been really good on offense, um, a little inconsistent, as you just mentioned. Uh, I think some of the questions are, you know, is he all offense? And you're going to have to worry about him being more of a liability on the defensive end. Is he, you know, the kind of guy who's going to involve all of his teammates? Or is he, like you said, more of that microwave scorer? You know, can he make that next leap that, you know, we think Tatum has made this year and really becoming a playmaker and getting teammates involved in his scoring rather than just um, himself scoring the, scoring the ball. Yeah, and I think for the most part that's what he's been asked to do is to, mm-hmm. you know, look for the shot first um, and then look for the shot second and then look for... <laughs> Someone else. Like I, I feel like that's kind of like the confidence that Doc Rivers probably gives him, probably makes him feel that way, and um, and it's probably not necessarily all his mindset, and that it couldn't change um, if you know he does need to become more of a playmaker. Which you know, it depends on one, you bring Harden back, and two, what kind of role you use Harden in. But you know, it'd be nice to get some more playmaking out of him I, I I don't think he cracked more than uh I don't think he cracked four assists per game this year so with how much he has the ball in his hand and you know I mean one thing he's just I like you said like he hesitate to put a ceiling on him um and it's not like he's gonna be like the next LeBron James like like that but like it's hard to like with how much he's improved the last couple of years and just how much raw talent he has how much how fast and how quick he is I mean there's there's only so many players in the league and there's like, and I'm right. So many, I mean like a handful that can keep, keep him consistently, keep him in front of you. I mean, he's just the quickest and he just looks like he's playing at a different speed than everyone else out there, which is, which is hard to do with the athletes that are playing on that court. So, uh, I don't think he can ever become that second best guy. I really, I, I don't know that he quite has that in him. But um, I would love to, I, I love watching him, so I'm rooting for him. Hopefully, he can get there. Um, 
but that they need him to do that. It, the problem is they need him to do that quickly too. They don't just need him to do it by the end of his career. They need him to do it, you know, next season. Yeah. Um, if you're a 76ers fan, is your hope that James Harden just opts into his uh, year of his contract and might have to act and see what happens? Yeah, I've heard people talk about that. And I, I think that's probably not a bad outcome for either side. Um, and, it, and it might honestly be what happens. Um, maybe James Harden, you know, comes back in shape. We've seen him do that before, you know, you know be out of shape and, and come back, you know, within a month or two and, and look a lot different. Um, I don't know if that's part of the problem too. Um, or, you know, you mentioned CP3 having injury, you know, I don't know, his hamstring might've been bothering people were skeptical about that as well. So, um, so I, yeah, like you said, it just, it's just tough decision on, I, I wouldn't want to commit anything long-term is the problem, um, with based off what I saw, because it's such a drastic change from what we expected when we made that trade. So, um, you'd be, you'd be making a bet on volatility right now. And that's probably not going to win you too many decisions in the front office. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's volatility that's turning down too. So, um, so yeah, the Sixers got, got a couple big decisions to make this off season. Um, we got, one more game seven here today. S- the Suns and Mavs starting in less than an hour. So we're going to tune into that. And we will be ready for the conference finals after that. Thanks for checking in. Till next time. Peace.